this morning we just come to give back the very breath that you breathed into us. God, to honor you with it. So Father, we ask this morning, God, that you would just speak to us through your word. God, have your way in our hearts this morning. God, just move in us this morning. Do what you want to do, Lord. God, we love you. And we just thank you for all this time together, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Next Sunday, we're having a, a commissioning service for Kyle and Amy, Kyle and Amy Y. And uh, they are going to be leaving for Cambodia to live in January. They're going to be our missionaries there. And I, I, I want to tell you something to prepare you for next week. I don't want you to miss this. In 1975, Pol Pot's men tied Kyle to a post and you've, you've heard the story, if you haven't, this is, I want you to hear this so that you'll be prepared for next week. They tied him to a post wanting to know where his educated dad was, and Kyle honestly did not know. And they brought his uncles, his aunts, his cousins out of the village where they lived and lined them up and would ask him just like, you know, we have seen in movies perhaps or just read in books um, of this kind of uh, genocide and torture. Uh, where's your dad? And Kyle says, I don't know. He's nine years old. He didn't really know where his dad was, and they killed all his family. And then they took a bayonet, and they cut Kyle, thinking that that would kill him, that he would bleed out. Well, he didn't bleed out. And his dad heard about it. And then in the middle of the night, rescued Kyle, and they ran off to Thailand. Took several weeks to get there. And, of course, they got in the refugee system and ended up in Fort Worth, Texas. Now, once you think about the Joseph story from the Bible, uh, what, what uh, men meant for evil, God uses it for good. Now, you think about the timing of that, 1975, you know, that's about 40 years ago. Kyle was nine years old when that happened. And already, Kyle, for the last 10 years, we've been doing ministry in Cambodia, and we've been sharing the gospel there. And, you know, you've heard over and over about our commitment to reaching the Cambodians and what the Lord has invited us to be a part of. And, and we've just basically just said yes to what the Lord has put before us. And we're helping all those churches and helping all those people. And, and we have trained Kyle. We have trained Kyle by going over there and working with him through the pastor's conference there. He comes every Monday night to our men's group. And through all the processes that we've gone through, we have seen the Lord use us to get a missionary ready to go. But Pol Pot had no idea. Think about that. Those men that were killing so many innocent people had no idea that that little nine-year-old boy would return one day with the sword of the Lord. Amen? So uh, next week, now Kyle's preaching at a church over in Azel today, I believe, and sharing the story and, and what the Lord's done in his life and going to do. And But I, I just didn't want you to miss that. I want you to understand that when when he stands up here next Sunday, just uh, what the Lord has done, what the Lord has done.
and how the Lord changed his life and has this in motion. And I, I just can't wait to find out what all happens. Uh, we've seen some glorious things with him street witnessing and preaching those churches over there. I've witnessed it myself through all the trips I've been able to go with him and see it. I can't imagine when he's there all the time. More opportunities there's going to be. So uh, make the most of that. All right. We're going to switch gears a little bit for the month of December and today as well and uh, talk about some of the things. And we'll pick up the life of David in January. And so today I want you to turn to Mark chapter 7 and to prepare ourselves for Christmas. Prepare ourselves for the holidays. Get our heart where it needs to be. I want to talk about this, uh, this teaching of Jesus in Mark chapter 7. So to prepare ourselves for the word today, let's say together the word of God, the spirit of God, the people of God are all we need and we need each desperately. Amen. All right. Chapter 7, verse 1. One day, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. Now, this was a trip with an agenda, obviously. They noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand washing before eating. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands. As required by the ancient traditions, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. This is one of but, of but many traditions. This is but one of many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked him, why don't your disciples follow our old age tradition? They eat without first performing the hand washing ceremony. They were eating with dirty hands. That's what they were doing. Now, outside today, outside in Israel, outside of a little cafe or a little restaurant, you walk in the front door, there will be there, right outside the front door, there'll be a sink, a basin, there'll be some, some uh, uh, like tea pitchers, water pitchers, and they'll be there and they'll have uh, some, some washing there and you'll use the first pitcher to pour over your hand to wash your hands. And there's a, you, you cup it like this and you pour it in and you wash it this way, then you wash the outside of your hands. And then there's another pitcher that's used to rinse your hands. And people will line up and they will do that. They will not eat with dirty hands. And it's, it's not about cleanliness. It's not about washing the dirt off your hands before you pick up your roll. It's about not defiling yourself before the Lord. And it's a tradition, it's a commandment, it's a law that man had placed into, uh, into effect. It's not a law that God placed in place, put in place. It's a law that man has put in place. I was eating the diner this uh, couple of weeks ago, 
and a, a mechanic, two or three guys come in and they were working for the uh, fracking companies, the oil companies, and obviously one was a mechanic. And, and his hands were covered with grease and oil and grime and dirt, and he had really been turning a wrench all day. And there he was, he was all covered up, they sat at the table right next to me, and I kind of grinned a little bit and watched what was going on and wondered what it would be like in Jerusalem today. If we were in an Orthodox cafe, people would see him come in and sit down, and people would absolutely voice their concern about what they're seeing. He would be forced to get out, go wash himself before he comes back in, not to defile himself or the place with dirty hands. Okay? So let's move along here and see how this all fits together. Verse 6. This is how Jesus answered their question. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote... These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. So there's, you know, some problems here. And Isaiah said 700 years before this event took place in the life of Jesus, Isaiah says to them, you stand up to worship God and you sing songs of worship to him. And from the outside, from what we can observe about you, you are worshiping with your words. You are honoring God with your words, but your heart isn't in it. And and that's the problem that he saw. That's the problem Isaiah saw, and and that's the problem Jesus saw today with that mindset, how dare your disciples eat with dirty hands? And Jesus very quickly goes, you're more concerned with the outside than you are with the inside. And, And what's on the outside does not matter. It's what's on the inside that matters. So it's not the dirty hands, it's the dirty heart. It's not clean hands that make us right with God, it's a pure heart that Jesus has changed and has touched and is is rearranging as time goes on. But their focus was on the outside. And we'll talk about why those why there's good ideas why that is that way. But he said Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. And so the ideas that the rabbis come up with that were outside the Ten Commandments, adding to it 675 laws, Jesus, Isaiah, say, these are man-made ideas that have not come from God, but you're giving claim that it came from God. That's a problem. We need to be real careful about what things we do and what things we believe in that are not from God. And we find that out by reading His Word and finding out what His Word says and and, and understanding what matters to Him, what matters to God, 
what should matter to us. And very quickly, it's not what's on the outside, but it's what's on the inside. In verse 8, he says, For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. And he gives an example of that. Verse 9, You skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold to your own tradition. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God, honor your father and mother. And anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father and mother must be put to death. But you say it's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you for I have vowed to give to God what I, what I would have given to you. That's the law of Corbin. And the law of Corbin is that this investment, this, this, uh, uh, this produce, this money that we have made, we have vowed to give it to the temple. Our way of thinking is we're going to give our tithe to the church. We're going to give beyond our tithe to the church. And that's our Corbin. That's the vow that we have made. And, and what would happen is that they would make this vow, and then after the vow was made, their mom and dad would get themselves in a bad way. And they would need to be cared for. And one of the things that matters to God is that children care for their parents, especially when their parents can no longer care for themselves. They can no longer work and they need help. Kids are responsible to come along and help their parents make it and to survive. And we take care of the emotional, we take care of the physical, we, we take care of the, their needs. That's respecting and that's honoring our father and mother. But what these Pharisees have done is said, if you vow money to the temple, you can't come and say, I unvow that money to the temple because my mother and dad have got problems. And Jesus says, no, that's not okay with God. That's not what God designed. And it is okay to come back and say, we vowed this money, but now our parents are in a bad spot. We need to take care of them. Jesus says, that's the way it should be. You should have that idea. You should be able to take care of your family uh, before the temple in that particular situation. He says, but you say it's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you let them disregard their needy parents. And so the result of that is this. You cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And this is only one example among many others. Only one example among many others that they would have. Like the ox in the ditch on a Sunday. You can't touch that. Like eating on a, on, on a Sabbath. If you're really hungry, Jesus said, my men are hungry. They reached down and took some figs or took some, some wheat out of the field to, to munch on. It's okay. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus told them. And so they're using God's law, which is really man's law, that they said God gave to them to, to, to control their way of being right with God. 
their traditions, and their commands. Now, what was also taking place with the Corban, with the vow, there, was, uh, there wasn't any real intention to give to God. There wasn't really any intention to fulfill that vow that they had made to God or to the temple to give. They were just, they were just making themselves look good in the eyes of the authorities, of the observers, of the observers. And one way you can tell whether or not you are around people who are religious or there's a relationship is when the, the leaders use their authority to always observe. They're always questioning, always judging, always picking out the faults in others and not their own. That's why Jesus says, you know, don't, don't look at that speck when there's a log in your own eye. Jesus is very clear to what was taking place with the religion that had such a hold on the people. And so they've canceled the Word of God to hold to their own traditions. Then Jesus called the crowd to Him to come and hear what He had to say. And He said, all of you listen and try to understand. Verse 15 now. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. It's not what you eat that defiles you. It's not the dirt on your hands when you eat that defile you. It's not that you ate a bottom feeder. It's not that you eat catfish. It's not that you eat oysters. It's not that you eat shrimp. It, it, it's, it's not that you eat a cheeseburger. It's not that you might eat some unkosher pickles. It's not. It doesn't, make, it doesn't defile you. It doesn't defile you whatsoever. It doesn't matter what you eat. It doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter what you drink. It does not matter. Jesus is saying here, you are not defiled by what enters your stomach. You are defiled by what comes out of your heart. And we all recognize that he's not talking about the cardia here, the heart, the, uh, the actual muscle that keeps us going. He's talking about our soul. That involves our emotions, our will, our thinking, all that together. It comes from our heart. It comes from our being, our inner being. That's what defiles a person. Not what we put in our stomach, but what comes from our heart. Verse 17, Then Jesus went into a house to get away from the crowd, and His disciples asked Him what He meant by the parable He had just used. Don't you understand either? He asked them. Can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? And He gets really biological here, teaching really practical here. He said, Food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. That's pretty graphic, isn't it? He said, don't you understand how the body works? Don't you understand that, that this master design that we understand to be the human being and, and life and all those things, uh, you know, food cannot be right or wrong. 
Food cannot defile you. After all, it's just used for a process. It feeds the body. And when it's through feeding the body, it goes, it just leaves, right? It goes into the sewer. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. And then he added, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, nothing to do with what food you eat, nothing to do with dirty hands. Now I can see, you know, the children in children's church right now, they're not hearing this, so you might make it through mom and dad. Because I, I, I do see the battle that children, when they hear this, possibly can use. I'm not washing my hands anymore. The preacher said so. Well, that's not honoring your mother and father. So here's the deal. The next time your mother and father says, go wash your hands, we're about to eat hot dogs, right? You don't wash your hands to be right with God. Uh, by the cleanliness of it, you, you wash your hands because you're honoring your mother and father. So you're, you, know, you still got it, moms and dads, so there's your ammunition for that. But you can eat with dirty hands, and it's okay with God. That makes me happy. That makes me happy. But you can't eat with a dirty heart. You, that's, the, that's the real issue. How's your heart? And so the question, moms and dads, you might need to be asking your children or not. Did you wash your hands? Did you brush your teeth? Did you wash your hair? Did you comb your hair? You know, did you use soap in the shower? All those things that we use to make sure they're all good and clean is the question should be, how, how's your heart today? How's your heart? You doing some work on your heart? You know, I, I see you lifted weights today for sports. I see you did some running today. Did you work on your heart today? How's that heart doing? Are you preparing your heart for the world? We, we're preparing the brain for the world. We're preparing our, our mind to be socially act, uh, uh, you know, adaptable in the world. We're, we're preparing all that. But there needs to be some serious attention paid to are you preparing the heart for the world? What's the heart like? And Jesus says, from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts. And so, if there are evil thoughts coming from the heart, instead of good thoughts, and so it's how to do things to harm other people, it's how to manipulate, it's how to deceive, it's how to get by without being honest, you know, and how to trick people or cheat people or whatever the scenario is, that instead of doing the right thing for the right reason. Pure thoughts from the heart. Sexual immorality. And that's just basically, is there sexual morality coming from the heart? In other words, are there desires of the flesh that are in control and the mind is focused on things as pornography and, and, and sexual addictions and cheating and, and, and all those things that happen with sexual immorality? Or are there pure thoughts and pure desires coming from the heart? Theft, murder, adultery, greed, 
we would, we would ask ourselves the question there, is from the heart, is there selfishness or is there selflessness? What's coming from the heart? Is there greed or is there contentment? And contentment is a holy virtue. Content with what God has provided for us. Content in all things, as the Scripture says. Wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness come from the heart. And so from the heart, is there foolishness or is there wisdom coming from the heart? And then Jesus concludes by saying, all these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. So, what's God most concerned with? What matters most to God? The outside or the inside? Well, obviously the inside. That's what Jesus is saying. What matters most is what comes from the heart. So it's not about how much we do. It's not about how proficient we are at doing certain things. It's, it's not about how well we sing and worship. It's not about performance. It's not about uh, this time of year, this Christmas season. It's not about generating this, uh, uh, this, this idea of utopia for you and your family. And you never quite experienced that. And so in the birth of the worship of the birth of Jesus, the celebration of the birth of Christ, too many Christian people find themselves absolutely, completely wore out at the end of December. Can't wait for it all to be over. It's because they are focusing on the outside rather than the inside. And be careful of that. It's not about what you eat. It's not about what you buy. It's not about what you receive. It's about the heart and what comes from the heart. And if your Christmas season is full of complex issues and matters, you need to take a step back. If it's really complicated, and you need to evaluate, you need to observe whether or not the dirty hands matter to you. The dirty hands matter to you. On our way home from San Angelo, Thanksgiving night, in my, uh, right there at Cisco, Texas, they have Pecan, Texas pecan coffee, best in the world, right there at that little truck stop. And so when I'm going down 206 into Cross Plains and then Coleman in the way to Angelo. I would stop and get me coffee whether I needed it or not. Going and coming. Doesn't matter what time of day it is. And, and here's the conversation I hear behind me in line to buy my coffee. I had fun today. I just can't believe my sister wore what she wore to dinner. You know, my sister... She does those kind of things to make me mad. I know that's why she did it, but she disgusts me. And uh, I'm going, oh, I want to hear all of this. <laughs> I want to hear every bit, every piece of this. But here's what I heard. 
we were all dressed up. We all bought an outfit for Christmas dinner. We all had our hair done. We all looked good. And she walked in with those Levi pants on with a hole in the knee. And it was like it didn't even bother her. I just couldn't enjoy Thanksgiving this year at our folks' house because my sister just makes me sick. And I very quickly turn around and say, so dirty hands really bother you? No, I didn't. <laughs> I already sized that up, but I figured that was going to be a long conversation, so I didn't need to go there. So I paid for my coffee and walked out and I went, isn't that sad? But when the things that don't matter to God matter to us, we get lopsided. We get lopsided. Now, you may be sitting there going, well, isn't that foolish to go to your family's Thanksgiving dinner and because your sister didn't dress up to your dress code, you had a horrible time and, and there is a break in the relationship between you and your sister. That's when dirty hands matter more than a dirty heart. And clean hands matter more than a clean heart. So Jesus tells us, understand that what matters most to me Jesus says, what matters most to him is this, your heart, not whether or not your hands have been washed. And there's many other examples of that, Jesus says, in the Scripture, where you, you take something that really matters to you and, and you, you force it on other people. The other people got a hold to these expectations that you have because you believe it came from God when in reality it didn't come from God. It's come from you. So, very simply, you can eat with dirty hands. You can eat a cheeseburger. You can eat shrimp and catfish and all the bottom feeders, all the things that we see here in the Scripture that says it's forbidden for the Jewish people to eat. Jesus says, no, 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 that was misunderstood. What matters is what comes from the heart. And that's what we have in Jesus. He simplifies. He frees. He puts our focus where it needs to be. So this Christmas season, is your focus on the outside or the inside? Or the inside? You've got to ask yourself the question, what matters most to Jesus? So, what's coming from your heart? What's coming from your heart? Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, today to hear your spirit, to hear your voice, and to make the adjustments we need to make for you. Help us, Lord, this, this Christmas season to focus on the things that matter most to you. 
And Lord, that we can be freed from those things that only matter to men and women. Help us to follow the right commands. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come forward.